everyone. Welcome back to But White of the Podcast. And today is our first episode that's sponsored by Podcorn. And today we're going to go plus ultra with My Hero Academia in honor of the second movie coming out later this week. As always, I'm Kate and here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And Matt. Hello. And we're here with the Fusro Doc himself, Emery. Hello. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. This is the second time I've gotten to talk my hero with you, so I'm excited. I know. This is always great. Yeah, this is the first time we get to meet you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is uh, always good to be here, so thanks for having me on. Um, So one of the things that we like to do with our guests when we ask them... Essentially, why are you here? Why do you? Why did I ask you to come on? Let the people know what you feel about my hero. That's a that's a good question of <laughs> why would they want me on this? Um, wait, what was my question? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just give a little bit of a little bit of background about your relationship with my hero academia. Well, this was actually I I kind of fell out of watching anime for a, a while. Um, I watched a lot when I was in college, uh, so. I watched a lot of Cowboy Bebop, um, that kind of thing. And then uh, for a while, I was just kind of MIA playing video games. I mean, I was into nerd culture, you know, within playing Dungeons and Dragons and so forth. But I didn't really get into it until I was at PAX South um, last year. And um, we were discussing uh, several uh, topics within mental health. And My Hero Academia came up. And the whole crowd just went nuts i mean they were they were really getting excited i'm like i think this is something i need to check out um and i reacted to it like nobody had ever seen it before in my group like i'm, I'm like have y'all have y'all seen this 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 my hero a- academia thing and they're like oh my gosh um so i i just devoured the first three seasons and um just absolutely started getting into it to where i've watched it probably more times than i'd like to admit so um it's gone to be like one of my favorite animes now and um you know i was uh generously offered to come on uh the previous podcast to talk about our little broccoli haired boy uh deku um and why we love deku and I, I am definitely a Deku fanboy. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's that's my relationship with my hero. He also has a killer My Hero Funko Pop collection that I'm very jealous of. I do. I do. It's <laughs> probably way too much money spent for it. but Because um, you're only missing, yeah. like, what, two of them? From, like, Class 1A, I think the only one I'm missing is Tenya, but he's, like, retailed right now at, like, $200 or something ridiculous. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I love you, my hero, but... Not for $200 for one pop. This is where I draw the line. So to start off this episode, my first question is, who's your favorite My Hero Academia character? And what's your favorite quirk? Which don't have to be the same. And for Matt, I'm going to ask you, what's a character that you know of? Describe them in in any way that you can. Yeah, so it's hard. This, yeah, we're going to talk about this later, but this show just has so many characters, and I like just about all of them. Even the ones I didn't like before, I like them now. Um, I think before season four, probably Deku, just because he's Deku. But uh, my, my boy Red Riot, Kirishima, took my heart in this fourth season. Um, and I don't know how much we're going to be talking about like the season four, but he has some pretty good episodes in this season. 
and it it's just made me like love his character. And he's red. And if you know anything about me, <laughs> I like red things. Yeah, it's that's my aesthetic right there when it comes to color schemes. Um, but now he's he's great. But I think my favorite court. I mean, I wouldn't use it like all for one, but like all for one's cur- like what other pork would you pick? Like you can just have whatever you want. You just pick all of the quirks and you get everything. Uh, just without, just I guess, nix the killing part, and I think you'd be fine. I was gonna say, uh, what was the, the voidy teleport guy? I, I'm terrible with character names when it comes to I'm shows terrible that, with villains. I know all yeah, of class one A. I don't yeah. know villains. <laughs> yeah, teleporty dude. I think his oh, power is cool man, because I'm blanking on his. I've always wanted like teleport powers. I hate sitting in traffic. I wish like hearthstones in like were real life so I can just like hearth back to my house like in World of Warcraft. Like that's something I've always wanted. But I also don't want to be a big voidy black entity either. So but it's, if uh, I just Kira Gary. Kira oh, yeah, Gary, yeah. Yeah. But if I had all for one, I would just take that power without being a voidy guy. And I think that'd be fine. I want to make fun of you, but I can't because my favorite X-Men is Rogue. So <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to say. Yeah. No choice. <laughs> See, and then I can just give them to people too. So I could just give you whatever power Kate wants. Like, I don't know, power, if there's a quirk about like touching puppy butts i could just give you that power and then you just have it forever so you would be a benevolent all for one yeah exactly exactly i am here magnanimous all for one i am here to give you puppy butt powers just basically (laughs) um so my favorite character if you follow me on twitter you know is bakugo because i (gasps) identify a lot with his extremely competitive nature and especially his fault his flaws um and his growth is probably the most I've ever seen a shonen rival grow, um, which is amazing because typically shonen rivals are just like, meh, stronger. <laughs> 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 I, I love him, but it's the truth. I love Vegeta, but that's kind of his MO. Um, and on the quirk side, I would say the quirk that I would want is probably it would probably be the uh, it's villain power <laughs> kind of not surprised uh, i don't i also don't know his name but the guy who throws the little dots at people and can make like make them go small the one that abducted bakugo oh yeah the magician guy yes yeah i like that guy also don't know his name oh compress that's his yeah, uh, yeah, villain name yeah. All I know is Emery's apparently the only one that knows any of these names of any of these characters. Look, I'm I'll be straight up. I, look, I told I you watched, and I watched, how much I've watched the show. Look, I watch anime by myself. I don't need to talk about the character names to anybody. And if I talk about anime, it's on Twitter where I can just type the stuff. I don't ever say these Japanese names I can't pronounce out loud to other people, so I don't remember the names of the people. Now, people, now you don't understand how I feel about video games and you'll make fun of me because I don't have to actually say it out loud. 
<laughs> I don't have to say those names out loud. I'm good. The funny do you, thing I, is, do you not remember all the characters in Skyrim or <laughs> Elder Scrolls? No the way. Fun, the funny thing is, is I actually have an anime podcast on the sides that I have to say these with, and me and Nisha just straight up go, yeah, that one guy, the one with the mask that throws a little dot and makes people smile. Yeah. Him. Yeah, it's fine. People know who we're talking about. Yeah. But yeah, Compress. I think that that's just a really, really unique power that I haven't seen. Um, and, and Quirk, if you're listening and you've never listened to My Hero Academia, um, Quirk is essentially what they use for powers. Um, it's just a, a catchy name that isn't superpower. Um, but I think my favorite power on a balance scale and power size that I would say the best one is actually Todoroki's. My boy, Icy Hot. So. Yeah, Todoroki's good. Arguably the strongest character, but I think there are like four characters that can contend for strongest piece. Um, Who's the fourth? Bakugo, Deku, Todoroki, and uh, uh, Shadow. (laughs) Tori? No, that's not Shadow. The Birdhead. Birdhead. Oh, uh, Tokuyami. Tokuyami. I was gonna yeah. say Toriyama, and I was like, "That's not right. That's that's <laughs> that's the creator of Dragon." Yeah, Ball. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> that, uh, the, yeah, their Toriyama. little forest escapade, uh, where he was fighting Moonfish, I think, mm-hmm. with the with the extended teeth. Yes. Yeah. Tokuyami. That was cool. That, that, that was I, really I cool. I would put him solidly in, but his problem is obviously he can't control it. So. Oh man, I might have to change my answer now. <laughs> Matt, uh, yeah. we'll, let, we'll, we'll let you go last, Emery, since you're our guest. Matt, <laughs> we'll let Emery go last because obviously everybody knows why I'm here because we're talking anime. Um, I have no idea who any of these characters are. I just know what the word power means. I do not know what cork means. Cork is a part of a plant, like trees, <laughs> um, or it's a cork, which is something different. A quirk, but, uh, like quirky. I know. Quirk. All I heard was cork this whole oh, entire no, time. Oh, no, not quirk. Quirk. Q-U-I-R-K. Yeah, is quirk quirk board? Quirk? Quirk. I just love the announcer voice. <laughs> or the Mr. Mike. <laughs> the present Mike. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he can stick to anything he wants as long as it's a needle. Quirk board. <laughs> That's what I do in my spare time. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so yes, I have no idea about any of this. Um, I know we've written pieces on our website. Kate has that pops up all the time. That is mislabeled, and um, which is that it? But that's about it. And she yells about Bakugou or Go. Bakugou. Bakugou. <laughs> um, I feel like there's going to be someone running through the household. Bakugo. <laughs> There's also um, this is also another anime which I don't know anything about necessarily because like when we did uh, Radu or Naruto, um, I at least knew we ran weird and kids need to run proper form. Dragon Ball I actually seen and everything else, but this one I have no idea. You didn't know so, Sailor Moon. Well, I guess you knew Sailor Moon existed. I knew Sailor Moon. I've seen some. Yeah, Sailor he's, he's seen the King of the Hill. I know. Mark I saw Bobby Hill at Sailor Moon. Um, <laughs> I've actually seen Sailor Moon episode. Come on now. This one, I have no idea. You didn't idea, know about so... the baby falling from the sky. I mean, I never saw, saw, saw all of Sailor Moon, but I at least knew who they were. I don't say I don't remember that one either. <laughs> See? 
<laughs> it's been a long time since I've seen Sailor Moon. Oh, no, she's like, you don't remember about 25 years Serena, ago? Do you remember that? Serena is literally walking in the park and Chibiusa just falls on her. And that's how you're introduced to her daughter, to Minnie Moon. Never mind. Bobby Hill. Going. Oh, Bobby Hill. Bobby Hill. <laughs> Matt, going forward, would it help if I just like put pictures of these characters so you have like a visual? You should actually. I'll start putting, once yes. we start talking about characters, I'll put visuals in there for you so you know who we're talking about. So you can at least see what like their quirks look like in, in action. Okay, sounds good. Uh, but yeah, so this should be an interesting episode. And this is also why Emery's on, to then also follow this up to make us seem smart. <laughs> He seems to be the only person that knows any of the names. So I'll read the dictionary. <laughs> or at least my phone will, if I don't know. Well, I will say this. This is funny. Uh, I think, yeah, Emery, you're actually the first person on who has more degrees than us. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> if people don't know, Emery is a doctor. That's why he's the Fusro doc. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we, we all stopped at Masters. <laughs> oh, okay, well... Masters is, I, I hated my masters. That was my, I had more trouble with my masters than I ever did with my doctorate, and that's a, the honest truth. I feel like that's. A I hated my masters. I left because I hated my masters, so I think that that Ugh. makes sense. Jeez, <laughs> it happens. Cool. So that's yeah. another horror. That's another horror stories for other days. <laughs> yeah. No, a whole new podcast. <laughs> so you want to go to grad school? <laughs> <laughs> Don't. Yeah. Episode over. <laughs> cool. So who is your favorite character and your favorite quirk or the quirk you'd like to have? Is this me now? Yeah. This is you. Uh, so I like uh, Monoma's quirk from Class 1B um, who copies other people's quirk. Um, I've been watching the um, Cavalry Battle episode a lot lately. And I like how he just transitions, not only by taking Bakugo's quirk really quickly, but then also he just does this like slap move on to Red Riot's hair and takes his quirk and has the harden as well, which I think, well, actually, no, I'm not going to spoil it because uh, I want to get into manga. So, um, but yes, yeah, so Monoma would be my choice for the copy quirk. I think that's really cool. Uh, I love Ida. I love Tenya. He's... Uh, he's so rigid, and he's like the epitome of lawful good until he has that arc where he just isn't. <laughs> my favorite thing, the, my favorite My Hero Academia meme that I've seen on the internet recently, it's a picture of Bakugo and Ida, and it's like, uh, one tried to go and revenge kill a villain, the other got kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> which is which, right? <laughs> just Ida all proven proper, but Matt, Ida has, uh, his quirk is engine legs, right? Mm-hmm. He has, like, calves. He runs real fast. He got his boosters. That, yeah, I mean, and, and to the sense of an actual car engine. It's he's really like, cool. you need to I, I don't know anything about cars. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what about anime? I don't know anything about cars. Um, it's like you got to chill the exhaust because I'm I'm running too hot. He's he's got good he's got good form, Matt. I think you'd like his character. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the few lawful good characters that I ever thought was really funny in his own way. That's true. He's actually one of the only interesting lawful good characters, too. Because yeah, a lot of people, when they talk about lawful good, you know, people in, like for D&D, &D, they're like, I don't want to play lawful good because that's boring. 
And I've wanted to make a character specific, specifically like Ida, um, because I think I think he's hilarious, yeah. um, and I just don't think he gets enough credit for how rigid and uh, how absurd his rigidness is. That's it's really like, come on, choice. dude, chill. <laughs> um, okay, so now we're going to go into our history segment of the podcast, where we break down the history of the thing we're talking about. And uh, there won't be any spoilers in this part, so if you want to start listening, or if you want to keep listening you haven't seen the anime, you're still good. We'll let you know when the spoilers start coming, because there will be some, because there's just some parts of My Hero's Impact that you can't talk without talking about giant character arcs. So, uh, My Hero Academia, or Boko no Hero Academia, I'm not going to say that. I've only known it as, I, I watched the dub, I'm sorry. Um, get over it. No uh, shame in dub. <laughs> there, uh, the reason I say that, Matt, is because there are people on the internet who will at you if you don't call it Boko no Hero, which is stupid. Um, and it is a Japanese manga series written and illustrated by Kohei uh, Horikoshi. It originated from the one-shot My Hero, which Horikoshi wanted to turn into a series following the end of Barrage. In the... It began its serialization in the manga weekly magazine Shonen Jump in 2014. As of August 2019, the series has been collected into 24 Atankoban. Uh, we've talked about it a little before. Atankoban functions essentially like a trade paperback of a comic book series where it takes different arcs that are published in, in your weekly Shonen Jump magazine and then puts it into a neatly packaged volume for you to consume. Um, the premise of My Hero Academia is simple, but I think really intriguing. In a world where currently most of the human population possesses superpowers labeled as quirks, following a transitional period, Izuku Midoriya dreamt of becoming a hero despite being bullied by his violent childhood friend Katsuki Bakujo, Bakugo for, for lacking a quirk. Both youths idolize one of the world's greatest heroes, All Might, who they both met with, Izuku being one of the few to know a critically injured All Might has been concealing from the public eye to maintain more Owl. All Might reveals the nature of his quirk and passes it down to Midoriya, who comes into uh, essentially, I'm just, I'm going to stop reading this because this is just a crappily written one and I'm just going to say it. Um, so essentially they work in a world that is very much like ours. It's structured just like ours. So it's not near future or anything like that. The only difference is everybody there has a quirk, or some people there have a quirk, and it works on an evolutionary basis. So the longer that people, um, you can breed quirks, which happens, which is actually really sad, um, and we'll get into that later, and some people are born without quirks, and some people are born with quirks. Essentially, everybody is mandated to not practice their quirk until they've gone through training, and up until about high school age, they go to regular schools. And then at high school age, they transition into special hero schools um, that are set up throughout Japan. Midoriya is somebody who just idolizes heroes and has always wanted to be one. And the number one hero, the symbol of peace himself, is All Might. And he is not only Izuku Midoriya's mentor and hero, he is that to everybody, including Katsuki Bakugo, or Kachan, as... Um, as I'll, as I'll probably call him a little bit in here, and Midoriya is also known as Deku. Um, and they butt heads over it, because Bakugo also wants to be like All Might, but he's a terrible person about it in the very beginning, and he treats Midoriya very horribly. Um, in the very first episode, essentially, Midoriya 
is confronted with a situation where he can choose to either try to help save Bakugo, who is being attacked by a villain, or he can keep walking because nobody is there yet. Instead of walking away and completely quirkless, he decides to jump into the middle of it and try to save Bakugo himself. And this is the first heroic act that Midoriya does, and it's what catches All Might's, um, All Might's attention. And then from that point on, All Might decides to hand his power over. His power is called One for All, and that means that you can pass it on to somebody else. So Adrian mentioned all for one, which is the invert. You take power from everybody. One for all, you can give your power to one other person. And you then have like that lineage with you. Um, and that is what starts Bak or, uh, Deku's journey from quirkless little boy <laughs> to a boy who has so much damn power, has no idea how to use it, and effectively can't use it most of the time as he starts going to the most prestigious school, which is called UA. Um, they're divided up into classes, with class 1A being, like, the best, pretty much. Um, although that's kind of debatable, because, like, class 1B has some good people, and quirks are... There's a hierarchy to them. Um, and that's essentially the premise. Throughout the entire series, we watch them kind of growing, learning about their powers, and ultimately the goal is for all of them to become heroes in the end. That makes sense. <laughs> um, yeah. So do they have a yeah, villain you... school? They don't have a villain school because villains are just people who didn't abide by the laws and decided to use their powers however they want to. Yeah, it's kind of like Sky High. You know, the movie yeah, from... It it's kind of like that, but oh, that anime. It wasn't good? It wasn't good, but the premise... <laughs> Yeah, it's like the premise. Oh, right? okay. you have like all these superpowers. I was like, you're not selling me on this show right now. Tell me about Sky High. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like an easy way to like, premise it out. It's basically Sky. Some people have superpowers and go to yeah. a super school. Yeah, they have a super school. They integrate heroes into their police forces, their hospitals, and not necessarily heroes, but like the fact that a lot of people have quirks. Some people have quirks that just aren't that good. Uh, like Bakugo's mom. Her, her her quirk is glycerin, which just means she has really good skin because she can secre she secretes glycerin from her pores. And so it's just like a facial every day. <laughs> um, it's a really useless quirk at the end of the day, but the way their society works and hero society works is that they've integrated all of these little types of quirks into different roles within their society. But then you have people who come along like... Um, the people we talked about at the top of the show that have quirks that are so big and good that they then go through hero training to become heroes. So it's a very select group. And then out of that group that has been identified with like good quirks, you only get through if you complete your training pass and can be accepted into a hero agency. And if you don't want to do any of that and you just want to use your powers however the hell you want and cause mayhem and all those other things, you become a villain. And because they exist on the outside of society, it's essentially like comic books. They're just there. There is no school to train them. <laughs> there is a league, though. There is a league of villains called the League of Villains. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty on the nose. I hate it because every time it comes on, I think about the SpongeBob episode where there's the... <laughs> Where there's evil, every yes. villain is lemons. Yes. That's all I think about anytime they come out. Like these dudes uh, pick the worst name ever. 
but but like Kate said earlier, it is like in our universe, so there is obviously they're in Japan, so they usually have like the yakuza and and things like that too. So. Mm-hmm. And then you have people who are like really against heroes and really against quirks as well. So you also have to deal with that. And the show does a really good job of examining the complexities of powers and how they integrate into society as well as how people see them. Um, the manga, the manga was adapted into an anime television series by Studio Bones, which is probably at this point in time the most prolific anime house, like with everything that they do. Um, if there's a popular anime, they've done it. Um, and its first season aired in Japan in 2016. It's 2020, so it's only been four years. So I think this may be the youngest thing that we've covered on the podcast. Um, but in those four years, it has had such a large impact that as we get into it, but why those there, it's already in contention to be a part of the new generation's big three. Um, and I'll explain more of that as we get into it. Um, the English language rights are split between Viz and Funimation. So Viz owns all of the English translation rights as well as all the manga rights. Um, that's Viz Media. Um, it's where most people get their manga. It's also where you get uh, Shonen Jump if you're in the U.S. And then Funimation owns the international streaming rights as well as home and broadcast. Um, so it's split between those two anime platforms. Or uh, not anime platforms, but um, uh, manga and anime platforms. Um, although you can watch... Uh, my hero on Crunchyroll, which is another anime streaming service, and Hulu. Um, but Funimation remains the only place to get the English dubs, at least until the season is complete, and they give those rights to other people. Um, they get that money. Go catch up. Go catch up. <laughs> I keep telling myself that. <laughs> Um, so right off the bat, I do want to talk about other media because this is one of the reasons why we are talking about them. Um, so a spinoff series entitled My Hero, My Hero Academia Smash by Hirofumi Neta started in the Jump Plus digital app in 2015 and finished in 2017. And that has five Tonkoban volumes that were released in 2017. And this is also licensed by Viz. And then there's another spinoff series that I'm actually really interested in, but don't know much about, um, called My Hero Academia Vigilantes. And this began being published in Shonen Jump in 2017, or weekly Shonen Jump in 2017. And the series is licensed for the English language release in North America by Viz. Um, and the first volume released in 2018. And then a third spinoff series, My Hero Academia Team Up, Team Up Mission by Yoko Akiyama is, ha, began serialization in Psycho Jump on uh, August of 2019, with a prologue chapter debuting in Shonen Jump Giga on uh, July in July of 2019. So, for only being around for four years, the, the manga itself has just sprouted on a life of its own. Um, which, fun fact. Uh, the creator originally did not want this series to become the next Naruto or One Piece where it just keeps going <laughs> and going and going and going. Um, and it was essentially supposed to stop at season four, which is where we're at in the anime. Um, which I don't know how that translates to manga chapters because I came to the anime first, so I refused to read the manga and get spoiled because I want to watch it in, on- in the anime. Um, but essentially, that's no longer the plan. The plan is to keep going, 
which isn't necessarily bad because there's a lot. I mean, they're teenagers, so there is a lot of story to tell, and it's way more gripping than Naruto, in my opinion. Go ahead and at me; it's fine. Um, <laughs> then you also have the first animated movie, which is My Hero Academia: Two Heroes, that came out in 2018, and we are right on the. Uh, we are right before um, the My Hero Academia second film, which is My Hero Academia: Heroes Rising which uh, was released in December of 20, December 20th, 2019 in Japan. It's finally being released in the U.S. on um, February 26th. Wait, yeah, 26th. Um, the coolest thing is that Two Heroes itself was a huge hit in North America, and it ranked number 10 on the top list of uh, domestic anime films of all time. And that was right behind, uh, or no, it surpassed The Wind Rises, which is a, Hia a Hayao Miyazaki film. So, which is really big news because again, it's only been out for four years. So this is a fandom and franchise that has picked up so much steam. Um, there are also video games out. So there's a video game based on the anime my Hero Academia Battle for All, which was announced in 2015, and the game was developed by Dimps and published by Bandai Namco, in a surprise to no one who owns the rights to all of the shonen things. Um, and it was for the Nintendo 3DS, and then it was released in Japan in 2016. And then a, a second video game, My Hero One's Justice, was released on PS4, Nintendo Switch, Xbox One, and uh, Windows in 2018 that is their fighter um akin to dragon ball fighter z and then that game has sold uh has sold 500,000 units worldwide as of january 2019 which doesn't sound like a lot but it's a lot for an anime title um and then you have the fact that uh midoriya bakugo and all might all appear in jump force which is the bandai namco crossover video game fighter that everybody hated but i still want it because shonen um and then the third installment in the video game franchise is coming out march 12th which is my hero one's justice 2 also a fighter with a storyline that's coming out for xbox one playstation 4 and the nintendo switch and in podcast fashion adrian there is a musical there is a live action musical that what? is going to be happening July 2nd, <laughs> and I want you to Google those live action photos because the costuming Bruh. is amazing. You know, bump bump the the pictures. Look at this trailer, man! I want to go to Japan right now to go watch this. It looks <laughs> so good. Like a lot of the musicals that we look at good. look terrible, but this thing looks oh wow insane. Uh, so, My Hero Academia, the Ultra Stage, is a stage musical adaptation that was first announced in 2018 and ran in Tokyo and Osaka from April 12th to uh, April 29th of 2019. The play was directed by uh, uh, Sunayasu Moriyoshi, written by Hideyoki Nishimori, and choreographed by Umebo. Uh, Shunisuke Wada composed the music and a second stage play titled My Hero Academia The Ultra Stage, A True Hero, is going to be running from March 6th to April 25th of 2020 with all of the staff recurring and then a concert event titled My Hero The Ultra Live is coming July 2020. So It's good. It's good. Yeah. Like, every, if you like My Hero, you need to 
Because how many times have we talked about musicals on this show? We, how we many talked about times the Shrek. have you made me scared with videos of musicals? Exactly. On the show? But this one actually looks good. Like, this <laughs> isn't the Shrek or the, the Ninja Turtles one. Like, this, this, this one's pretty good. How many times have musicals like a... been talked on this show? A lot. A lot. That's <laughs> awesome. You'd <laughs> be surprised how many musicals there are. It's probably Yeah. And then by how many musicals there are, how many musicals there aren't. Like, that thing had a musical, but this thing doesn't. Yeah. But I'm really glad that My Hero has one. And I think that's super big that it has one that's this good and, like, this quality being only around for four years. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The amount... Um, oh, and uh, I didn't put it in here because it's still up in the air, but Lionsgate has acquired the, right, the rights for a live-action film, which, before you roll your eyes, people who are listening, because I know you will, Lionsgate has actually produced some of the top-tier live-action anime adaptations, and I can say that because I've watched a lot of them, and a lot of them are very bad, but the good yeah, ones for have, Lionsgate. But you have bad taste. I like anime. <laughs> I like yeah. anime. Yeah, but you have bad live-action taste. No. It, so anime live-action is very different, because that is something that, even though I have a podcast about it, I refuse to accept being adapted live action. So when when we say that it's a good live action adaptation, there's a very high bar that they need to get onto to do that. Because 99.9% of all live action animes are awful. Yeah, like they have like a very low bar to like hurdle as well. Like you can have an okay live action anime. As long as it's not Dragon Ball Evolution or like... I mean, I know Avatar is an anime technically, but like Gong's not that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. They, they, they can meet that. Looking at this musical, just give me this musical, but like on, on, on the big screen, and I'd be okay with that. Yes. Now, before we get into our But Why Those, we're going to take a short break to talk about our sponsor for this episode. So how long have we been trying to monetize our podcast? Um, I don't know. How long have we been around? So for three years. But the cool thing is, is now we've done it with Podcorn, as you heard on the top of the show, um, which Matt found on a community Facebook page. Yeah, I was digging around on our community Facebook page and saw that Podcorn's been apparently a hot thing these days. And um, for those of you who don't know, Podcorn is a marketplace connecting podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities such as host-read ads, such as this one, uh, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Uh, Just basically jack-of-all-trades. The best thing about Podcorn is that there's no middleman. And honestly, one of the hardest things that we've experienced as a show is, although we're not super small, we're not Shea Serrano and The Ringer, and we're also not Conan O'Brien. So it's been really hard to kind of get our show out there to get monetized and to get sponsored. But the cool thing is podcasters of all sizes can browse and choose opportunities right on Podcorn's platform. They can also set their own rates and collaborate with brands directly without any exclusivities. Unlike the other places where we just kind of place things and wait for hopefully somebody reaches out. But with Podcorn, we can just reach out directly. So wait, after three years, it's that easy? We spent all this time. And it's been that easy. Yeah, 
We went in and wrote a pitch, and I even got the chance to add a voice recording so they could get to know us, get to know how I talk, and kind of hear us out. Yeah, what I like is that you never give up any of the right to your podcast, and Podcorn's here to support you at every step and ensure you're protected and compensated for the work that you do for brands. The cool thing is that the Marketplace's mission is to give podcasters transparency, creative freedom, and full control over how and when they choose to monetize. Um, So if you're working on moving your podcast game up, make sure you head to podcorn.com and make your account today and get started. Click the link in our show notes to sign up for Podcorn and start browsing all of your sponsorship opportunities. Um, So as we go into the but why those, the success, man, I like that's the one I wanted to lead with because after like... Like I've already said, like we've all said, it's only been four years and my hero has come such an astronomically long way. Um, so the manga was nominated for the eighth manga Taisho in 2015, and it was nominated for the 40th uh, Koda Nasha Manga Award for the Shonen category in 2016. The manga also won the uh, Sugoi japan award at the japan expo awards in 2017 and it was nominated for a host of other awards and in 2019 the manga won the harvey award for best manga and before the anime adaptations premiere manga author um masashi uh, kishimoto praised uh, Ko- uh kohei horikoshi's work believing it would be a success overseas and Horikoshi, meanwhile, has cited Kishimoto's Naruto series as the primary source of inspiration. Which, if you listen to our Naruto episode, which we apologized for many times, we just kept referencing My Hero Academia. Because it does it better. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> um, volume 1 ended up reaching 7th place on the weekly Oricon manga chart with 71,000, a little bit over 71,500 copies sold. It sold out almost immediately on its first printing, and Volume 2 reached 6th place with 167,500 copies. And by January 18th of 2015, it had sold 205 thousand copies as of march 2017 there were over 10 million copies of my hero academia in circulation as of august 2018 the manga has had over 16 million copies in print and as of december 2018 the manga held had over 20 million copies in print at that time as of december 2019 the manga also had over 26 million in print and My Hero Academia was the sixth selling, the sixth best selling manga of 2019. Which again, I know you're saying, why do we care about something if it's the sixth and not the first? The easy answer is One Piece exists, so nothing's going to be the first until that <laughs> damn thing is done. Um, the second answer is you don't get to this status in four years. The hitters that they're competing against are manga that have literally been defining the culture for multiple generations. That's just facts. Um, so yeah, I think I think the good um, connection to this is like Black Clover, which people, which is still pretty good, doesn't have this kind of success, and it comes out in around the same time as My Hero does, but doesn't have nearly this kind of success. Even though people think that it might be one of the new big three, and that's a discussion for later. But it doesn't have this kind of success. Nothing has this kind of success in its first its first run. Yeah, it's hit like I I would argue like at least at least Naruto hype levels. 
at most DBZ hype levels, in my opinion, seeing how much people have been drawn to it. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Um, so in 2019, Polygon names My Hero Academia one of the best animes of the 2010s, and Crunchyroll listed it in their top 25 best anime of the 2010s. IGN also listed My Hero Academia among the best anime of the 2010s. Um, the story has been noted to take inspiration elements from superhero comics, which is where we're going to go into next, specifically because... This is not the type of shonen that people are used to, and it's very different. I know, because you know what I've learned after listening to all this? This is literally just X-Men, but as an anime. <laughs> no, because the adults two. actually care about them, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> all I've got out of this. We don't have Sky High. This is just X-Men. Again, the adults care about them, so it can't we just call be- it. A well, the, the adults have quirks too. That, that's part of the difference. The adults have quirks too. Well, it's also not X Men because people it, aren't so they trying to kill them. Kid. You yeah, said that some people don't like the people with quirks. It's a very small it's set. Many, it's literally yeah, like really the, the Yakuza because they want to stay as traditional Japanese as they can. That's why they don't like the people <laughs> with the quirks. It's and not Coda. Like a, Oh yeah, that's right. How <laughs> many more people Coda. we got? Coda, Coda, Coda has a pretty baby. good reason. For Coda it, yeah. is a child who watched his parents get murdered. This is where I say spoilers. I shouldn't be smiling. Why am I smiling? <laughs> um, but since we're in the boat, why those? And we're about to get into some of the big discussions. This is where I say spoilers. I'm gonna say from one to four because I actually have a lot to say about season four because I I hated it at first and now I love it so so dearly. Um, so this is your spoiler section. Uh, stay with us if you want. Don't add us if you choose to stay with us. That's not your fault. You were given a warning. A warning. <laughs> um, but Matt, people don't hate them. It's all of like so they're integrated into society and they actually keep society afloat. Yeah, isn't it like over half of people have quirks? Like you not it's having 80%. a quirk. Yeah, yeah, like not 80%. having the quirk is the weird thing. Whereas in like X Men. So if the Ember's are... So Magneto won. That's all I got. No! <laughs> Magneto won. <laughs> Magneto would get dumpstered by some of these quirks. Just so <laughs> this is like a natural selection thing going so, on here. So I will say, and this is probably one of the cooler things, and I think why you might like the way they build out their universe, is so much of the universe is in pointing out the fact that evolution has pushed the society to this point. So like quirk, non-quirks are dying out. And people are breeding for quirks. Um, and I say breeding because only bad people have been doing that. Although there are some, like, good people who just like, oh, yeah, I have a crappy quirk. My husband has a crappy quirk. Our kid has an amazing quirk. Bakugo, for example. Did <laughs> <laughs> ever say what his dad's quirk was? Yes, he does little tiny fires. He likes candles. <laughs> that is literally how crappy a quirk can be. Midoriya's mom can bring small objects to and from her. Only like small that. objects. Like, literally, yeah. that's, that's a barrier. It, yeah. She can move action she, figures. She does it in the most pathetic way, too. She's in the hospital, and they're talking... Which, by the way, evolution in My Hero Academia is based on, like, toes. <laughs> the bridge of the toe or something. Yeah. Anyway, they're talking yeah. about that. And it's like, well, Midoriya doesn't have that. And so he can't, he doesn't have a quirk. It's not going to happen. Midoriya's just crushed. Um, and 
<laughs> they look at uh, Midoriya's mom and they say, well, do you have a crook? And she goes, yeah, I can lift small things. And she like picks like, it was like a piece of trash <laughs> off of the floor. Just casually brings it up. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> that was fun. So the first, the next, but why though, is the fact that it is in fact going to be seen or is currently seen as a member of the new big three. Um, so Matt and anybody who isn't an anime person, the big three essentially are the defining like pillars of anime. Dragon Ball, One Piece, and Bleach. Yeah, so we're gonna get this is also like we're gonna preface here. Don't add us about this, okay? Because <laughs> like the original big three, it's like people bleach it's 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 weird. Like the the big animes oh god, I just hate these the original things are people... One Piece and Dragon Ball Z, and then you have the Naruto fans who yell, yeah. "No, it's not." No, let's put Naruto in there. Dragon Ball's like the grandfather, like it's above them. But like, how? How? And also, we're talking about the. I was like trying to Google some stuff before this. People are still putting One Piece in like the new big three. Like, just because the show's gone on since, like, forever doesn't mean that it gets to stay there, okay? Like, oh, that's season 34 or something. That's not <laughs> that's not a fair assumption. And something. If you put one piece in the new Big Three, you can at me. We can talk about it because that is ridiculous to put yeah. that in the new Big Three. It's not a new Big Three. It's an old Big Three. Mm. Um, but right now, because the thing is, is, like, there really hasn't been anything that has hit this hard since about, I mean... Yeah, since about Naruto, I guess, honestly. Yeah, maybe so, Attack on Titan, but Attack on Titan is not the same kind of thing, so yeah, it's kind of it's tough to shonen. say. It, that one's yeah. seinen. So, right. like, so the big three specifically means shonen a, uh, anime, which yeah. is a very particular genre within anime, and it's usually something that was published in Shonen Jump first and then adapted. Um, just for clarifications. Um, but for me, like, this is kind of, and there's been a lot of talk on Twitter about it recently. It's it's really the only big contender right now. So it's kind of like waiting in the milieu to see what comes up. Uh, what I've seen is that Naruto and My Hero sit, and then there's, like, a third one going to come. But then that person got added very badly because people said. Yeah, because people put Naruto <laughs> on that original big three, which is just ridiculous. Uh, yeah, it's kind of tough to say. I mean, Black Clover is really good, but also doesn't it's have the same kind of success. Though. Yeah, she's not that big. It's good if people gave it more of a shot. I think Hunter x Hunter could have been there. And also, I don't care how you pronounce it. I pronounce Hunter x Hunter, Hunter x Hunter, because it's Hunter literally Cross. Hunter. 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 It's literally, it's literally I've never a Hunter. Heard Hunter cross Hunter. There's an X and there's a Hunter. Yeah. Uh, but Hunter I mean, they by Hunter. <laughs> Hunter by Hunter. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hunter I mean, that one's Hunter. also <laughs> really good, but they just kind of stopped doing it for so long that it's kind of hard to say. But yeah, but this is like the standalone, just kind of like waiting on the throne, like like you have here on the on, in the notes, just yeah. waiting for something else to come as big. Yeah, it, it's 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 essentially the I guess like you said, it's the heir to the shonen throne. Like it's picking, it's probably the closest to picking up in or redefining what shonen means in the same way that uh, Dragon Ball Z defined what it is. My hero is doing a lot to take those ideas and it's shifting it, subverting it, and creating new shonen ideas that are being replicated in things like Fire Force. 
Um, so yeah. you can see that it's starting a trend of shifting what Shonen looks like, which is really different from like what something like Naruto did and even Bleach did, which they copied. Not co they were inspired by Nar by Dragon Ball Z. Inspired. The nice way of saying copied. <laughs> and then took that and put it in a new thing. Whereas you can, like, some people call Deku Green Naruto. Because <laughs> it is very easily to no. see the inspiration of Naruto. But the thing is, is the way that it separates itself is it grows on Naruto and DBZ and does things better. Which is why yeah. it is, it, it, it's taking over the spots that it has. Um, and a lot of that credit really goes to the fact that... Um, the creator is essentially adapting American superhero myth to the Japanese context. No, um, X-Men. It's not X-Men, Matt. <laughs> Alternate title. <laughs> um, and the reason I say this, and I say American superhero myth, because a lot of people don't know that superheroes as we know them is actually an American phenomena. Um, they don't really exist in too many places outside the U.S., at least looking in this way. It's starting to change a lot more, so I would say, like, the 2010s was a, a big change in where superheroes were appearing in other places. Um, and I know that because I wrote my thesis on it, don't at me. Um, and what my hero does, uh, and he very, uh, the creator very specifically said that he was inspired by Spider-Man. Um, the idea of having a kid who is gifted with powers and then that kid then having to realize how to be a kid, but also how to deal with it. Um, and so at the heart of what you're watching and, and when you're watching it, you can see that American superhero myth underlying it. But essentially what happens is it uses that as a stepping stone to subvert existing shonen tropes. And one of the big ones is extended characters. So in Shonen, you have characters that you know, but you know them for reasons like Krillin dies a lot, Yamcha <laughs> dies a lot, Gohan was abandoned and became a weird superhero for a while, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes doesn't appear in movies. <laughs> yeah. Like Trump's yeah, 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 like, yeah. and that And that's essentially what happens, and, and this is... Even more relevant when you look at something like Naruto, which um, the creator has said he was inspired by, like I mentioned earlier, where Naruto does a one-up from Dragon Ball Z in introducing a larger cast of characters that you spend more time with, but it still doesn't give them the character development that the main three characters have. And by and the way my hero takes this and changes it is every single hero in class 1A and even class 1B to an extent, you get to see the development happening and you also get to see the development happening from the mentor side as well. So I would argue, uh, and one of the really good comparisons is like Gara and Todoroki. So like Gara from, um, from Naruto, troubled traumatic childhood, has red on one part of his face. Um, really dull and you don't remember him really much as outside the fact that he can control sand and has a giant thing on his back. Todoroki, on the other hand, he's consistently utilized throughout the stories. Um, and he has an arc that not only is, he's introduced as a troubled kid who is really grumpy. You learn about it and he goes through a growth period and then he becomes a leader within the group. And mm -hmm. that's something where you get to see him and 
even now, so season four of the anime, and it, it's in relation to the manga, you don't see a lot of him for the first half, and now you're going back to seeing more of his hero's, his hero's journey, and it's the fact that my hero allows all of its extended characters to hold a place that's actually really close to its main character, Deku. Like, if we're talking about Dragon Ball Z, Bleach, any of those things, you end up with like, oh yeah, I like one of these three characters. But like we all said in the beginning, there are so many characters that you learn about and see that it's hard to just pick one. Yeah, like no one says, you know who's my favorite character? Yangsha. <laughs> like, no one says that. But, you know, one of my favorite characters is a character that you don't really see very much and he's just kind of just like an annoying person, but they just give the characters the time of day to grow and be better and i think a lot of that comes from like when they go out to their internships and things like that you get to see like how they do outside of just interacting with the cast um and it just makes it better for the entire the entire thing because like you said like bakugo is probably one of the biggest characters and he wasn't even in like the first like six yeah. six, six or seven episodes of season four um either it was Todoroki, except for like the oh we gotta catch him line that he kept uttering over and over and over again for like the first three episodes uh, and that's just crazy. Like, what other? I don't know another anime that does it that well, where you get to care about the side character. Or this, I say bunny quotes now because they're not really side characters at this point. Like they're all together, um, like they do here. Because even like Hunter X Hunter, which I I really like, and I think has a lot of the same things that I think people who like my hero would probably like Hunter X Hunter. It still focuses on Gone as the main character, but this doesn't really focus on Deku as the main character all the time. Yeah. yeah. We were, we were, and, and I just kind of want to throw out this point, especially with in, the internship. I mean, Asui has her, uh, or Sue, yeah. I don't want to make the same mistake Deku does. Uh, Sue has her own internship that has nothing to do with the main story. And I, I think it's interesting that when we get it, so we, we talked about this in a Final Fantasy panel we did of uh, uh, Japanese versus Western storytelling. And too many times within Western storytelling, it's always focused around that main character. So Shonen has that tendency of almost a Western-type storytelling. Whereas My Hero, especially, I mean, if you look at the, the newest season, there were two episodes dedicated to Kirishima alone. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> Adrian, I know you, ought to, that that was like, this must be the best season in that in that regard. Yeah, I mean, it's um, left. Like, I, I mean, I didn't really, that's the thing, I really didn't care about him before that, but they just told his story so well that I cared about him more in that moment than I did Deku or mm -hmm. All Might or, you know, even, even after Bakugo's transition of like character development in season three, I still cared about my boy Kirishima. Because that makes it makes a, so much more sense of everything that he was doing in the previous seasons and why he's like that. So I just it's just nutty. And that's one yeah. of the things that the show does really well too is the filler never feels like filler. Like the filler is happening and it all ties directly back into the story and the development of the characters. So you don't get the random let's go get our driver's license. You get the let's go get our <laughs> hero's license. And we're going to talk about all the trauma that we mentioned back in season two, episode eight. And you're going to get to see why I am this way. And it's, it's, it's really good and it builds out for good characters. And to Adrian's point, you know who I hated? I hated Uraraka. I hated her so much. What? She was whiny. And she was weak, and she was stupid. And then, it, and then the festival arc happened. Oh man! And I got to see her fight Bakugo, and I was like, 
Oh, she's best uh, girl. Okay. I thought like you still hated her like no, now. I was I like, love what? Her. <laughs> no, but no, but but to your curious yeah, yeah, yeah. point, like there have been characters who were introduced and I was like cuz there's a reason I identify with Bakugo. Stop whining. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that's how I felt with Uraka. She was frustrating. But she got that moment to be something more. Like every character so far, and it's gonna continue and I see it continuing, every character is gonna get a point to come out of their trope and show that they're more than that trope, which is something that Shonen doesn't do. And this extends into the next point in this is the rivalry. I have never seen a Shonen rival that goes this deep into both developing the characters as individuals, developing their relationship together, and then showing them growing. And that is something that I think is amazing. Because, again, I love Vegeta. All he did was not go eat planets and babies anymore. <laughs> That's all he did. He, he's, he's a great husband and a better father than Goku. But he he doesn't really uh, Better father, knowledge. that's debatable. Better father than Goku. Not a better father better. than Piku. Uh, that's just true, yeah. Not yeah, best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not best dad. <laughs> He's sure. a better dad. The bar yeah. is very low. Yeah, yeah. Very low. Gohan um, probably works. He's working on a spectrum here. Um, but it, you, and because of that, like I, I love him, but I just love him because he's a bad boy, really. But you don't get the type of growth where he gets to leave that. And I think what has been shown in Deku and Bakugo's dynamic is you've really gotten to understand why Bakugo is the way he is. You've gotten to see Deku understand that this is how you communicate to somebody who's like that. And you've, get, you've gotten to see Bakugo shake out of having that detrimental, like that, demper, that, that detrimental feeling where it is just, I'm going to kill everybody and I want everybody to die around me so I can be the only best. Um, he but, literally says, I'm going to kill you. Yes. Multiple time. times. Oh, every yeah. time. Every yeah. time. But then okay. you also get moments of development where he is literally one of the only people in the entire stadium who understands that Uraraka isn't weak. And mm -hmm. you get an understanding that he doesn't hate Deku because he's Deku. He hates him because he genuinely feels like he got something while Bakugo has been training his entire life for this thing. And they start to understand each other and see each other. And that type of rivalry and the growth that happens for each characters, both in and outside of it, is something that I can't really say I've seen in Shonen before. Like, Ichigo never really learns to put his sword away and his antagonist changes all the time. Renji isn't even, even really a good rival, if I'm honest. Um, I mean, Sasuke is a good rival. I mean, that's like the only thing I'll say about Naruto that Sasuke, I guess, is like a good rival, but he still has a lot of like those tropes where he doesn't really grow and he's still kind of like he that just angry goes back kid. To it. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like he has like the tragic backstory of like his whole family died. Yeah. Uh, but I think like, because I, I don't like the, I ne I've never liked the antagonists when it comes to like shown in anime. I really haven't. Um, I'm very vocal. I think Vegeta is hot garbage, and I don't understand the appeal um, of his okay. character because, like, like Kate said, he ate babies. Like the first time we meet him, and just because yeah. like yeah. Goku whoops his ass doesn't mean that we'd like if he could if he could whoop everybody's ass, he'd still be eating babies. Just so we're clear. <laughs> um, but he never really, I guess, with the exception of Dragon Ball Super in the uh, the you know the tournament, the universe tournament 
he does have some development that I was like, oh man, like Vegeta, you you've grown a little bit. But like that's also decades after like that show was started. But Bakugo's arc in season three is some of the best I've seen in just characters in general. Like that arc is fantastic. It reminds me a lot, not necessarily like I think the only one I put above it is probably Zuko's arc in my in uh, Avatar the Last Airbender okay. as like a better kind of rivalry arc, just because it's been around longer and you have a little bit more more to do. But it's really, really, really good. And you it's hard to not like Bakugo after season three, I think. And it's that's actually the best comparison I've heard. Like he is pretty much Zuko. Yeah. Like, that that's that makes the most sense. I, I think it's interesting, especially with season three. To your point, um, I just kind of want to piggyback off of it. I um, that fight that they had with All Might, and I hope I'm not jumping the. Uh, Feel free. It's we've okay. been going for a while. We're going to have to cut some of the fights. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I, I feel like that fight with All Might, uh, and, and it's funny, Kate. You'll love this, is because I was watching it. Uh, that was another thing I was watching this morning, and Deku is just completely every time like you know, poking Bakugo, like, we, we can't fight him, we can't fight him. He's like, shut up. And, I, and and I'm sitting there watching for the first time and going, yeah, Deku, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I can picture that, yeah. Yeah, it's like, no, he's not going to listen to you. But th- th- there's that one scene where Bakugo finally gets it. And he's like, All Might is just way better than I've ever seen before. So, no, I have to work with Deku whether my ego aside and and that's such a cool growth moment even though for whatever reason that episode in particular is hard for me to watch um just because that feud it's just boiling and escalating to a head um and uh yeah i mean the ending of it is great but they are just arguing and complaining the entire time and you you don't see that with deku too much he's usually so in control he usually has his thoughts cut out but but when it came to all might it was where it messed up and bakugo he doesn't it was like he didn't change for anyone at that point so um yeah i like I said, for whatever reason, it's hard to watch, but I, lo- I love that uh, transition and that change, to your point, in season three. So cool. Um, and then also, I just have to mention it because it was Adrian's favorite. And Matt, I actually spent a very long... So I actually described the entire Fatgum Red Riot fight to Matt to make a point. I don't remember what the point was. But the cool thing about that fight is they use the context of a shield and a shield and a spear and a shield. And you get to see them push themselves past the limit to show that you can you can you can be both shields if you know how to use it. And Adrian, if you want to say a little bit about your boy it's, Hiroshima. Hey, it's so good. My boy Fat Gum too, man. I love I love a big a big fat character who like goes out there and does his thing. Like it's so good. It's like you, you go into it thinking like there's no way they're gonna beat these two. They're they're just too powerful. But this kid Kirishima and, almost dies. Like, almost dies. And like even Fat Gum like doesn't think Fat Gum like understands how dope his powers Kirishima's powers are. So even if there is this big gap, the adults still see the immense amount of potential that there are in these kids and it's just fantastic and there are like flashbacks in this fight but they're not like the one piece or like the naruto flashbacks where you go back for the entire episode where you get to learn about this thing they they actually go back and fight (laughs) the episode ends uh throughout that fight i think that's like the best 
I think background versus fight episode that there is where you get all of that kind of just all in one where you don't really don't know that much about Kirishima before that fight really all that much, but you get a whole bunch of it right there in that fight. And it really just shows how good the show is when you get that almost immediately. Absolutely. And then fat gum becomes ripped at the yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah. My dude. <laughs> I, I need to show, I need to show Matt fat gum. And then show Matt not fat show, gum. Show the before <laughs> after of fat gum. Because essentially, fat gum's quirk is metabolizing force. And so essentially what happens is he has so much fat that it just absorbs everything that goes into him. But he can then kind of like vibrate. He's living vibranium, essentially. He takes in the energy and he can choose to dispense it out. And so, but when he dispenses it out, he burns all that fat. So he he just eats to be strong as shit, which I think is fantastic. Actually, can I go back to the very first question? Can I have fat gums power? Yeah, because he's I don't know I don't know what number here he was, but he's he's also like he's also up there. So and then there's ripped yeah. gum. He's frequent seeing the uh, takoyaki places. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know it's not, and I also know it's not on here, but I think like I think it's really important to mention the all might versus all for one, yeah. like their like final battle. I think oh, that's super man. important because no, in what anime do we get to see? the world watching their fight and like the hero being the hero. I think it really goes back to like the superhero yeah. aspects that this show really kind of hammers down like Dragon Ball. No one knows that the Z fighters are the Z fighters. They all think that Hercule is like the best person on the planet, right? Yes. Like, no one cares yes. about the hidden village fights. Like no one hears about it, but my hero really focuses in on all my United States smashing that dude in the face, and then the absolute reaction. I teared up. I teared up watching oh, that fight. Because yeah. it's just, you have all these people watching. You see Deku, like, the hardened... In a crowd with everybody. Yeah. yeah. You see, you see, you know, Deku crying, because that's all, Deku cries a lot. Yeah, but you see Bakugo, like, hey, like, hey, dude, kill that guy. goes into it. Everyone's into it, and you never really see that superhero aspect of it. And I think that's super, super great, and a super great fight. Everybody has faith still. They're like, All Might is completely disheveled, and he, he's he got, like, one muscle left in his arm. And everybody's like, it's still the same All Might, though. I'm like, man, y'all have so much faith in this dude. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. United States Smash great. is great. Chris Abbott kills it. It's in also... That. Oh, man, does he ever. It's also beautiful in that you get to see your hero not die. We kind of... The, the symbol of peace in his biggest fear is that the symbol of peace will be gone once everybody knows that he can't be all might anymore. And it literally happens in front of everybody. Yeah. Like it's gut wrenching and it means so much. And all that is to say, uh, my final thought, which was going to be my final, but why though we've gone so long is that I think that this is probably one of the best starter animes. And it is something that I would recommend to somebody who is fresh to the anime specifically because you would understand the way hero like the heroes work it's a world that you can easily step into so yeah and they I don't, introduce I don't, I don't... the characters really quickly I, well, that, they do it very uh you meet deco you meet bakugo and then they just kind of casually bring everybody in uh i would you definitely recommend cards with everybody not, too. yeah frequently so, Adrian, I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, no. I mean, I, I think it's I think it's a great point. I think if you like, if you're trying to get into shonen anime, I think it's a great point. But I think even more than that too, it gets this will get you into other anime too because it's more than just a shonen anime. Like, there's more to it. If you like, there's there's a whole 
sports festival arc. Like this will get you into sports anime. Like this will get you into like XYZ anime because it's that it's that encompassing that it's bigger. It's and like you said before, Kate at Crash Towards the Star, it's bigger than just shown in anime. It's grown to be bigger than that. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely a great starter anime for not only shonen but just a whole bunch of other stuff too. I think. Absolutely. So Matt, what are your thoughts? Awesome. Um, like as far as what I mean, obviously I just let you all go because I have no idea what you were talking about for the most part. We start bringing the actual show. Um, I, I sent you pictures. What is the best picture I sent? Because I sent you oh, pictures yeah, of all no, the characters we talked about. I had yeah. some full screen. Yeah. Um, but no. Um, obviously, the <clears throat> talent will always trump hard work. Unless talent is equal, um, I will always stand by that. <laughs> so you don't agree that hard work will try- <laughs> Everything you just said is wrong. <laughs> yes. So, but these kids have quirks too. They're not like powerless with 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 hard work. Like- Once again, talent always trumps hard work unless talent is about equal. So you're saying if Baku go or if uh, Deku right now, immediately can, had Bakugo's powers, Deku would be ridiculous. I can tell you right now, LeBron can sit on a couch for a year, do nothing, and I can train for a year, and he will still dunk on me like I never existed. Definitely, but you also don't have all for one. <laughs> you also can't explode your sweat. <laughs> Um, this gauntlet's got to be nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Matt versus um, Le- LeBron, twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing that we took away from this. LeBron can look like fat gum, and he will still dunk up. How hard, Charlie? Can you make LeBron look like fat gum, please? If you're listening to this. Um, obviously, you all talked about the differences. We see why the uh, complete differences. Obviously, between the <clears throat> looking at the uh, there's obviously clearly a bunch of characters. Um, I still think this is just literally X Men where Magneto won, and we're like 200 years in the future. But <laughs> I, I think you've got a point. Honestly, like I said you can say what you want. Well, all of them, well, yeah, Magneto won. We let evolution take its place after about two hundred years, and here we are. Yeah, yeah. Or so if we just go back in time, <laughs> where whatever they're doing in any way, days of future behind whatever past, and then he won back then, and now we're caught up to real world. So have my hero academia origins by going. Are you interested at all? Like, did anything we say interest you? Interest you? Like, I don't watch anime though. Yeah, you know I think I'll put it on my list. As I yeah, I think for like all the anime that we've talked about and all the stuff that we talked about, I think that this is one that you would be interested in just from like knowing you for all these years and things like that. I think there is stuff in here that you would like There's mainly a because they're watching this and there ever is like some of the other stuff we've gone. Yeah, and I, I, and I, and I, I was hoping that would happen. Yeah. Naruto. Yeah. I don't hate Food Wars, but. I think also, too, because, and we talked about, too, there's some there's some actual science and physics in this show that actually makes sense. Actually. Oh, uh, what did Gyaru Rosu do? It's uh, Night Gnaw Alloy, yeah. which I actually looked up afterwards, and he's like, it's a metal with shape memory. I'm like, yes! <laughs> um, and then actually looking it up and saying that, hey, she's got a point. <laughs> I'm, I always love watching kids get their ass kicked by adults. 
because I can't stand when kids think they can win against adults. There's a whole arc on it. Like 14-year-old think, I could do the same as adult. No, you can't. I'm sorry. And my hero shows that. They almost Uh die a lot. (laughs) Okay. We have Michael Jordan meme for a purpose. Yeah, for nothing else, kids getting uh, completely pounded by adults. You would love it. <laughs> yeah. Picture like, like Bronny Jr. thinking like, oh, all right, I'm going to go dunk on my dad. And then his dad just, his dad plus like Michael Jordan just come and just dumpster on both of it. Imagine, like on, on him together. Imagine what would have really happened if Damian Wayne fought Deathstroke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Deathstroke would have smacked him around. Yeah. <laughs> But I guess final thoughts for everybody else who isn't Matt then. Um, I'll go. Um, I think my hero, my hero is great. I started watching it. Uh, I guess like almost two years ago. I guess uh, just like during the summer when we were moving into our new house, and I was bored at home, and I started watching it. And I was hooked. I couldn't stop watching it. I think it's the best parts of Dragon Ball. It's the best parts of Naruto. It's the best parts of Hunter X Hunter, and it's the best parts of some of my favorite sports anime. Where like training and all that stuff makes sense and getting better makes sense but also like if your quirk is moisturizer for your skin you're not going to go beat someone who has who can turn their sweat into fire yeah so i think it's like the best of the best anime in in one form it's it's really really good and i think anyone who likes anime should watch it if you're holding back on it you have four in you have four and however many episodes are going to be in the season ready. And if you're a dub person, they release it like a week later. So you're not having to wait a whole seven years. Like I had to wait for Dragon Ball Super. So you have the time to kind of watch it as everyone else is watching it. So you're not left out of the conversations really at all. So, And the dub is really, really good. The dub is, dub so is really good. good. It's really good. But the, the, the sub is also, so I actually think My Hero is the only anime where I don't favor one or the other. Like, I can listen to both. Whereas, like, I don't ever want to hear Goku's voice in some. <laughs> yeah, All Might's voice in dub might be better than Chris Bot's. Ooh. It might be. Go, go to the dub close. United States Smash all for one fight. God, his voice is so it's, good. It's so yeah, good. It's, oh, it's so good. More outstanding. Um... I guess the big thing I'll say is for my hero, and I think this does a lot with anime, but particularly within good shonens, um, I think there's something to be said for uh, a lot of the entertainment media that really focuses on reality. I like a show that's just like to hell with reality and go past your limits, go, I mean, you know, the cheesy go beyond plus ultra, but, um, you know, the, the effort that's put in, and yes, you have your limits, but this pure resolve, I i can't help but watch this and just want to run through a wall. I mean, every time I watch it, I, it, it there's so many episodes where I just get so motivated. And I, I think there's something to be said for that. And I think My Hero does that so, so well. Um, and especially, I feel like people can attach themselves really well to Deku um, j- just because he is so likable. He is... Uh, very bright, um, and he is the underdog, and I, I immediately latched myself to him. Uh, and yeah, I, I, I just think that's one of the reasons that I was hooked right from the beginning, and um, just want to keep watching. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Emery. This has been an Oh, thank you all for having me again. <laughs> Why don't you tell everybody online where they can find you and talk to you some more? Yeah. Yeah, so um, my, the best place to find me is on Twitter. I post probably way too often. Uh, it's at FusroDuck, uh, F-U-S-R-O-D-O-C. Um, love talking about anime, love talking about video games, uh, and I talk about academic stuff a lot because uh, I'm an assistant professor. So, um, But yeah, come find me, come talk to me. Love to, uh, love to chat with you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for listening. And if you'd like to support the show a little bit more, head on over to patreon.com slash butwhythopc. And you can find us on all of our social media at butwhythopc on literally everything. And you can find me at Oh My Myth Randier, where you'll just see me tweeting a lot about Bakugo and screaming my head off once all of you also see the new My Hero movie. So come to me, come talk with me. Yes. Adrian? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at SuperReese93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-C, 93. Matt? I'm going to go train for next year, and I'll be in the NBA <laughs> in the NFL by 2021, because hard work trumps talent somehow. <laughs> <laughs>